Are you curious on how much your business is worth? Get your free no obligation offer from Open Store at open.store. The subscription market is predicted to grow to nearly $500 billion by 2025. Recharge is a leading subscription management solution helping e-commerce merchants of all sizes launch and scale their subscription offerings. Over 15,000 merchants use subscriptions powered by Recharge to grow their business and their communities by increasing average order value, reducing churn, and providing predictable recurring revenue. Turn transactions into long-term customer relationships and experience seamless subscription commerce with Recharge. Check them out at rechargepayments.com forward slash DTC pod. But yeah, Chris, so you mentioned you are from New York. You've been in California the past 10 years. And is this where you started building MindRight? And, and what is MindRight? Yeah, this is exactly where I started building MindRight. Um, MindRight is about nutrition for your mind. We make products that um, pair nootropic-infused superfood into ready-to-eat snacks and drink mixes. You know, Our nootropics are all backed by science and formulated to really focus on boosting your mood, your energy, and your focus, which we feel like is the foundational parts of of a strong mindset. When you're feeling good, when you're energized, when you're focused, you're unstoppable. Yeah, totally. I, I agree to that. And what's your background? How did you end up um, in this specific space interested in, in you know, focus and, and energy? Yeah. It's so funny. Um, it, you know, I started in action sports. Uh, I owned a sales agency. Uh, we did sales and marketing for many top brands in action sports. Our largest brand was Burton Snowboards. Did that for almost 16 years. Had a ton of fun. Um, sold my agency back in 2015-16, and I invested in a in another startup called Buff Bake, which was protein snacks that paired um, protein-enhanced um, treats with um, whey protein into cookies and nut butters. And invested in that and became the CEO. Ran that for three years. We were able to get a really nice, um, some nice growth, some nice distribution out of that brand. Um, but was running up against financial challenges. Um, as many startups do, we made every typical mistakes. We grew too fast. We, you know, there was a lot of infighting about, <laughs> about silly things that, that are in completely inconsequential to the business. Uh, you know, when it pertains to ownership of how much do you own of nothing? It's nothing. And, um, we worked through that just. It was. Uh, it became a very mentally taxing engagement uh, for me personally, financially. It had me in a bad spot, um, and I decided that it was time to move on. And I left to to consult and do some other things, and found my way into the office of Rob Dudek, um, MTV uh, per, per, uh, celebrity, TV personality, amazing human being who is a. Um, building his own venture studio of, of concepts and ideas that he feels strongly about that he enters into as your co-founder. Um, the Deerdick machine. The Deerdick machine, exactly. Yeah, yes. um, it's funny you mentioned on, on the equity front, like it's so true, right? Like fighting over that is like, you don't even know what you're fighting over because we don't know what it's worth, right? Um, it could be 1% of a billion or it could be 100% of absolutely nothing and wasted time. 100%. And talking about it is a waste of time. It is a... It is an incredible, useful, um, 
chip in the game when you're looking to bring in talent or strategic partnerships and things like that, and it should be leveraged accordingly. But when you're fighting about it internally, when you don't have something, uh, it's silly. It's really silly. Um, so you know, Lessons having learned. Ran a, having ran a sports media agency and you know transferring over to a CPG brand, like uh, they're, they're very different business models. The, the, the businesses operate differently, and perhaps that you know an agency business um, it, it cash flows differently than a CPG business runs. Like, what were some of those like big biggest awakenings in like the differences of running a CPG brand versus an agency? I mean, you know, our, our cash outlay was, you know, employee based, it was um, operational based. When you, this, this transition to CPG is it's, it's R&D, it's product development, it's inventory. I've never, you know, at that time, we weren't taking on inventory, we were selling on behalf of a brand as, as kind of a broker almost. Um, so understanding how to manage and, uh, you know, uh, appropriate inventory accordingly. Um, and then, the bigger piece was marketing and you know becoming more and more savvy at how we digitally target and build communities digitally so you know the differences from that business then onto mind right is that now you are responsible for the inventory the supply chain all of that and so how is that different now than than essentially you know being sort of um, an intermediary for for a, a, an existing cpg business like how has it been different to actually own the entire process I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing, right? Like it's your, my biggest problem with having owned an agency was I never had full control of our, our journey, right? It's, um, I'm selling products and services from someone else, but if those products fall off the boat, uh, on their way from China or wherever they're coming from, I'm, I'm out of luck and that's it. But you know, now it's, we control the complete supply chain. We have, uh, you know, control of our destiny as it, as it, as it pertains to, services and value that our products bring um and it's a completely different ownership position of of you know your stance in business and so how has that factored into like how you've grown mind right um you know because you, you you had the agency then you had the opportunity to go at it a second time you made the mistakes you learned and so after those mistakes when you went into mind right you know how did that change your you know, your process into, okay, I'm going to approach this in, in this way. And I'm going to make sure that this time, you know, I don't make the same mistakes. Yeah, that's a great question. And for me, you know, MindRight was born from my need state at the time. You know, I was in a bad, I found myself in a bad mental place. Like I was overweight, I was struggling and I was struggling with those core foundations of my mental health. I wasn't in a good place. I wasn't energized. I wasn't focused on what I needed to do to get back to a good place. I started experimenting with um, nootropics and adaptogens and understanding like, you know, food is medicine. How do I incorporate these things in my daily life? And for me, it was this just aha moment is how I love the way I felt on some of these nootropics and you know, I was more motivated. I felt some creativity coming back. I felt um, this calm come over me, and I paired that with my own journey with exercise and other parts of my diet, and I was getting back on track. And this aha moment came was the part about nootropics I didn't like and supplements in general is taking them. I'm not a good supplement taker. Like I miss some days, lots of capsules, lots of things to swallow. They don't digest well sometimes. Um, 
the aha moment was how do we take some of these really cool ingredients which when you research they they're herbs they're mushrooms they're they're extracts from the coffee fruit it's they're these these ingredients are all around us they're they're as much uh natural nutritional ingredient as anything else that we put into our bodies how do we pair that with other you know superfoods into into a really easy way to add to your daily routine um so i i worked with a formulator that i worked with in the past and i brought in this concept of um ingredients and superfoods that support your mood and mental well-being he loved it uh, which was a really strong tell tell sign for me because Food formulators, these guys see new projects every day, and they're a very good indicator of, do you have something unique? Is it special? Um, is there a market fit for this? And can we make it happen? And that was great validation from the beginning, having that you know buy-in from a, from a food formulator that I really trusted in and, and respected. Um, and then you pair that with opportunities in the landscape of the marketplace, right? You look at what better for you snacking, better for you beverage, better for you foods looks like, it's a very crowded category right now. Everyone is coming and and the mainstays have become more protein, less sugar, vegan, all natural, organic. Um, it's not enough anymore. It's not enough. So how do you identify the white space within that market? And for me, as you look into, you know, well, are other people buying nootropics? Are other people buying adaptogens? Are other people interested in antioxidants and things like that for mental well-being? And you look at the supplement market as it pertains to those those subjects. The, the growth in those categories is monstrous. We just see this hockey stick uh, in, that, in those categories and supplements. And it is a telltale sign that those trends transition into food and beverage. It's We've seen it with probiotics. We've seen it with um, sleep support. We've seen it with immune support. We've seen it with beauty from within through, through all the collagen products. Um, mood and mental health is the next frontier of condition-specific foods. And so that's what you did, right? Like you saw, hey, inevitably this is going to transition over to food. I'm going to do that before anyone else starts doing it. And when did you start? What year was this? We start. So I started. Uh, I came up with the concept in 2019. Uh, I had met with Rob a few times. So I, I was introduced to Rob Deerdeck uh, through a friend, and, and you know, he's yeah. It's, it was so funny because like I grew up watching Robin Big. I was I was a huge fan. He's just like this dynamic, fun character. You'd never expect him to be such a focused, highly optimized machine of a human being. He is. He is. I'm quite certain he is a machine. He's not human. Yeah. Um, I meet Rob. Yeah, he's he's amazing. Um, I meet Rob, uh, 2019, through a friend who suggested that you know Rob is in the market for you know founders and operators that have had experience in CPG and products product development. Um, you know he would he was going to love the background I had in action sports and outdoor and apparel. And how it transitioned into food and and uh, the space that I'm in now, and I really went to go meet with him because I was looking for an opportunity. You know, I was looking for you know my next uh, investment or career or, or or where I was going as I was exiting the Buff Bake role. I went and I met with Rob. Um, he's as dynamic as he is on TV. He's incredibly you know fills the room with energy. Uh, you, you just kind of thrive off that energy and. 
I pitched him on. I brought Buff Bake with me because I had a lot of money and I still have a lot of money invested in that business and I want to see it do well and succeed. So I came in, I brought I brought myself and I brought an armful of Buff Bake, Buff Bake products to, to show him and see if he might be interested in doing a little investment. And he sat me down and he's like, tell me your story from the day you left your mother's womb until you sat down here. So, so I gave him what he wanted and I kind of told him my path as we're talking through it here. And, um, you know, he was, he was taken back. He really, he really enjoyed my story. And I realized I had three minutes left to tell him about Buff Bake. Uh, I pitched him on Buff Bake. I come to learn that Rob is, is most interested in investments that he can affect at the idea stage. And he puts his optic and his lens at the at the concept stage where he helps you develop the idea uh, to package to market, um, and that's where his strengths are is, is really brand concept uh, marketing, uh, amongst other things. But th- those are the things that I I I, I know he really enjoys. Um, so while Buff Bake was a little a little far along for him, he, you know he he really enjoyed the time that we spent, and uh, I left with uh, an open invitation to come back with an idea or concept. So I went back home. I was, you know, I had always been thinking about this idea for foods that integrated, um, you know, these ingredients to support your mood and mental health. And I put the thing together. I worked with the formulator. I came up with several different concepts for the, for the project from bars to bites to, to um, coffee creamers to a nut butter, all infused with some really cool nootropics and adaptogens. Put the proposal together, did the market research, came back completely just full of energy and excited about this is it. This is the future of where we're going. And I pitched him and he, he loved it. And, you know, we, we literally shook hands that day. Um, he was going to put an investment in uh, for us to work together to build out the concept, the idea, get it through to the branding and and, and, and get, the, get to the point where we are now able to stand this this product up and then we'll decide what we want to do man that's such an amazing story i'm a huge um rob Durdig fan i grew up skateboarding and grew up watching all of his stuff too and he was recently on like he went on a tour of doing a few podcasts and i came across one and i was like oh my god this guy is like i, I watched like time optimizing that he had and so i had to devour like all of his interviews and i was like holy crap like he's like optimizing every single bit of his life personal and business and he had this quote that i really loved which was time time plus preparation equals opportunity um and i i went through the whole dirt deck machine thing i saw it and he just loves bringing things from like nothing to something um so it's an amazing story the other thing about Rob as an entrepreneur, and, and I live and die by this myself, and this is where we really align, is he puts as much energy into his businesses, his his uh, TV performances, as he does into his personal life and his personal health. And he has balanced them a third, a third, a third. And he is successful at all of them. And it's something that we really you know, build as our foundation through MindRight. Being MindRight is being being able to be as good at your work and your craft as you are at building your your family and supporting your health and your your own journey. And it's a really cool message. Yeah, and I think when when you first 
said what mind right was i i think it's beyond a line with what he believes because i've listened to his podcast and that's all he talks about like mind health and body um and you know his podcast is not necessarily about marketing or anything like that but you can tell you know he just focuses on how to optimize your energy um and your health state so how did you guys get your first thousand sales right or even a hundred like you know you, sh you shook hands we're off to the races we're making the product what what happened after that yeah so we you know we worked with an incredible branding agency um you know the the working name for the project was feed your brain and uh it just never felt like home you know it was just kind of like this working project name and and uh, we worked with this agency. We landed on a mind right. We we landed on what we feel is just a really strong package. Uh, it's it's desirable. Feels good. Feels like us. Um, we got to the point where we're ready to produce and we're ready to bring on some investors. And we tapped into Rob's network. And one thing led to another, led to another. And next thing we know, we've got Joe Jonas and the Jonas Brothers investing in the brand. Um, you know, organically. Mood and mental health really hit home with, with, with Joe. He felt really strongly and compelled about the brand. He loved the products. Uh, the products felt organic to him, something that he can incorporate into his everyday life. And it just it took on a life of its own from there. And it was Travis Barker, Marcus Limonis from The Prophet, um, you know, Lewis House, uh, Chris and Lori Harder, um, Ken Roxon, you know, top, top, top of the motocross industry. Um, yeah, it just snowballed, and it just um, it was just a re really strong testament to the value proposition and and the quality of the product that we had built, and how we have identified, you know, this white space of of condition specific foods focused on mood and mental well being. I, I was going to ask, you know, because these are incredible investor names, and I was going to ask, like, you know, what. What is your advice for anyone who might want to partner with a big influencer or a big celebrity? But for you, it seems like it was just serendipitous that it was the right product at the right time. It's like, how how, how could you speak to that if, you know, it was that the case? Yeah, you know what? I can. Yeah, because I think that when you think about, you know, Travis Barker and his, his ecosystem or Rob, Rob for that matter, it's exciting. It's like, it's a slam dunk. We're going to win. This is it. Everyone's going to know about it. The problem is you need the right people at the right time. And when, you, when you're kicking off a brand, um, for us, if we could go back, um, we lean very heavily into, into those partnerships and investment because they're exciting, right? Who doesn't want to know that the Jonas Brothers are involved in your business or Marcus or Rob? We skipped over a lot of the foundational stuff to prioritize that. And what ends up happening is you get a lot of people into your funnel that are there now for, you know, Joe Jonas's autograph and Marcus's business and entrepreneurial advice and, you know, funny Rob stuff. And they're not there yet for mine, right? Because we haven't foundationally built our value propositions and our community. So when use utilizing my advice would be when bringing on an investor that is a celebrity or an influencer is knowing the right time to utilize them and i think you know building your community first making sure that they're active they're your your the, the evangelist of your brand it just builds a stronger um acceleration 
And then you bring in the Jonas Brothers and Marcus and the Robs of the world that can really help to elevate that community further and continue to get them excited. And it seems like, you know, this is a testament to the experience that you previously had on when you mentioned growing too fast with the previous business. So it seems like this is, you know, absolutely firsthand experience at play. Yeah, that's um, right. And and I think um, just sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, I lost my thought. <laughs> um, and so and so from there, you guys went, you know, what was the strategy after, you know, for rolling out the product? Was it we're going to go direct to consumer? We're going to go retailer. I remember I've lived in Austin, Texas for some time. And I remember very, I mean, it must have been around 2019 or so. I don't know if I was right, but seeing mine right in, in Whole Foods um, in Austin, Texas, that's the first time I saw it. So, you know, did you guys go retailer first or or was it direct to consumer? No, I don't think it was Whole Foods. It's probably Central Market. We're not in Whole Foods yet, but soon. Okay. Um, so we went direct to consumer first. Yeah, central market, but um, soon. We went direct to consumer first. Um, we also went Amazon first. And Amazon has proven to be one of our strongest um, channels. Um, it's, an easy, it's an easy conversion. It's an easy um, experience for the customer. They see your reviews. They know the product is going to be there the next day. The buying experience is, you know, it's... <laughs> It's easy and comfortable to the customer, and it's a journey that that people uh, eas- more easily convert on. Totally. And so so from here, it's uh, yeah. there's a delay. So just go for it. Oh, is there? Now go ahead. No, I was going to ask. And so, like for example, a platform like Amazon, you proved it out on a platform like Amazon, clearly it can be sold online. Um, and so now you have to take the marketing. Now you're probably going to test taking the marketing under your own wing and attract your own distribution. Is that is that what led after Amazon? Yeah, I think, um, you know, through COVID, which is ultimately when we launched, we launched the, you know, the, on the first lockdown, um, we had very strong plan built around ROAS and and uh, we had a very targeted ad spend that was, this is going to work, no problem. And <laughs> all of a sudden you've got an iOS update from Apple, you've got COVID, you've got everyone rushing to the digital space and it's just, it's so congested and so hard to navigate that. Um, Amazon became a, a really great opportunity for us to, to push people and some of our customers there. Um, but it also accelerated our path to retail. Um, the lessons learned from Buff Bake and other businesses about growing too fast was now it's really partnering strategically with the right retailers to start. We want to continue to test and validate the product, make sure our, our, our operations are fully scalable, make sure that um, our packaging and everything is, is completely in compliance, and make sure that we have the buy-in from the customer and, and the retailer. So Central Market was our first um, – our first retailer, uh, Laura there, the buyer, She's I tell her she's part of our story now. She was the first retailer to bring us in. She loved – and she got it. She got – she saw it and I said, which products do you want? She's like, I want them all. I want to do a brand block around mine right. And I'm like, I love you. You're amazing. <laughs> so um, she's been a great been a great advocate. And then it was – for us, it's it's really targeting you know, our backyard. We want to win in – LA, greater LA, Southern California, and continue to build upon the West Coast 
and then outward. Um, I think being able to support your business uh, on the ground level, at the store-to-store level is very important. Driving trial is very important. Promotions, all of it is important. It all it all factors into the to the success of the entire process. And I think when it's either in your backyard or or focused on a region by region approach, you're going to have more success. And so, how do you how do you then fit MindRide into this landscape? And how do you differentiate yourself from say the other products that are trying to now go after? Um, that category and uh, how are you going to take that message say now outside of LA yeah I think for us it it becomes more and more about our marketing and our message on how we support our customer and our community beyond our products our get my right our mind right products how do we support you on your mind right journey beyond the physical and tangible things that we're selling you and it's it's really you know um it's it's based and rooted in our in our content uh in our activations where we're showing up how we're building our community i think ambassadors and influencers are an immensely important part of building any business right now um the bigger your army the stronger you are um working with the right communities identifying your target audience early on and just it's consistency, consistency, consistency. And and when you're consistent, your ambassadors are consistent, your marketing is consistent, it all just starts to grow. And I mean, you guys have, you know, really good access to say influencers. And if you're currently, are you currently leveraging those? And what are some of the challenges that that might be bringing at the time? Um, you know, could could you hit another wave of, another wave of unprecedented growth? Yeah, I, I absolutely think so. And we've just started really testing paid um, influencers and ambassadors. Again, it really comes down to identifying people that fit organically into your business, that the product resonates with, that that will resonate with their customer. Because if they're talking about something that has nothing to do with them, that they're just getting paid to do, it just it doesn't work. It's It has to be organic and it can't be too salesy. It has to, it has to be part of their lifestyle. Um, and the next wave for us is really, you know, TikTok has been amazing. Uh, TikTok paid has been great. Um, we're working with our, our team to to focus more on um, some of the Spark ads, which would incorporate um, influencers and other and other users of the product to to leverage other communities to to bring more people into the fold. And talk to me about your subscription model. I saw you guys have that on the website how long have you been exper- experimenting with that and how is that working out so we've been experienced we've experimented it from the beginning and it's been good it could be much better subscription is the goal right we want to we want to be this this source of you know in, of snacks and drink mixes that support mood energy and focus um, throughout your day throughout your routine um, all of the products you know work really well as you eat them, but they're also cumulative. So the more you eat, the stronger the the substances work. Um, for us, subscription is rooted in driving trial. And right now, we're very focused on email acquisition that leads to, that that also drives trial. And I think it's an important part of the that journey for the customer. Um, it's one thing to get subscription, but it's another thing to to maintain 
that relationship with that customer for a very long time? What's their lifespan? If they buy in once on the subscription just to get the extra discount, then that that to me is not really a win. A win is the longevity of the relationship with your customer. You want them there for a long time. And we feel like it's a slow, slow roll to get there. We have a lot of work to do with our, our content that we have some amazing plans for. Uh, I think supporting and understanding the customer's journey and their need state is important. We're developing um, lots of email generation tools that you know are rooted in quizzes and understanding the customer's needs and, and, and understanding their goals to help find the right products for them. Let's and that's kind of the next your, the next stage here. Awesome. Um, I want to hear about your content because you know your partner Rob Derdick, he's a content creative machine, and uh, you yeah. know this is this is his bread and butter. Um, and I'm sure you know with the brand that you guys have with Mindful, like the opportunities are endless in terms of content concepts. How are you thinking about that? Yeah, I mean, Rob is an incredible resource. He is, you know, always down to to participate and help in, in building that type of content. And for us, it's still, it, it goes back to the beginning. It's like we we need to be able to tell the story on our own and then use Rob to really fuel and fire it up. Um, you know, how how Rob, myself, other entrepreneurs in our space, in our in our circle, how are they using the product? How do they think about getting mine right? Um, how do they support their mood? How do they support their energy? How do they stay focused? Telling these stories is part of the journey for mine right and for becoming mine right. And and we're all about capturing all of that right now. Awesome. So, you know, what initiatives then are are the ones that are you focus on at the moment that are working the best in terms of marketing? I know you mentioned TikTok. Is that is that you know the the untapped opportunity and, and the one with the most potential right now? Yeah, I mean TikTok. That you know TikTok and, and email are just like it's it's where we're focused. We want to get people into our funnel, into our community. Um, part of our business that we could speak to them all the time and in meaningful ways, bringing them value. But um, TikTok, both organic and paid, are very, very important part of our our next uh, initiatives here. Sweet. And then, what's your day to day look like these days? Uh, as as the business has evolved, um, how many people are are in mind right? And and what's your day day to day look like? Yeah, we've got six full time people. Um, you know, I took the title of chief mood officer because, I mean, who wants to be the, the CEO of a startup? I mean, I'm still the janitor. I'm I'm still investor relations. I'm still building teams, and uh, I'm just trying to just trying to build a really cool culture for for everyone joining the team. Um, while we have six full time employees, we have several different third party agencies that we work with day to day. Our TikTok team is is integrated uh, as a third party resource our Amazon team, um, and several others. Um, so like if you compounded it, it's 15, 20 people. Um, but day to day is just, um, right now it's, it's continuing to further along product development. Um, you know, strengthening our marketing team to, to really address our content needs, which are, you know, pretty vast and, and deep with our goals and our plans. Um, but for me, it's, it's really building out the sales team, um, now that we're going to to retail, we want to make sure that we're bringing on the right brokers. We have the right people running our sales and and making sure that they have all of the things they need to be successful. 
That's awesome that the third party um, play is working out for you guys because I get founders on here with different perspectives. Like, no, it all needs to be in house. But as you mentioned, you know, why are you going to take on that burden of managing that many more people when there's experts out there that know how to do it and run it on their own? And in the beginning, you could try. You could try different things. You could, I mean, we've. I'll be the first to admit and be very transparent. We've we've burned through a lot of different agencies trying to find the right fit for us, and and you will find the right fit. And then once you know what the right fit is, then I can start looking for that internal hire to fill that gap later on down the road. But there's nothing to me. I, I love some of our third party integrations and uh, teams that are running some of our businesses right now, and I could see them here for a very long time. And Chris, as we're getting towards the end here, one last thing is I, I, I think you touched on something that's really important. The fact that you've been burned by agencies, but you've remained optimistic that the opportunity is out there. And a lot of founders, you know, might say, TikTok doesn't work for my product or email doesn't work for my product um, because, you know, they got burned by that influencer agency or, or that TikTok marketing company. How, what advice do you have for people to remain optimistic and keep testing it out that that's just part of the journey most likely? I think truly believing in what you're doing is number one, and that should never be shaken by anything. And I don't think an agency or anyone could do that. And when you find the right agency, they will align with that strategy and you both will find success. And I, it's just about trying new things and learning. Everyone that we've been through, I've had a great relationship with. I've taken something from it, uh, whether it was something that worked or something that didn't work. And it's just you just got to keep moving forward until you find what works for you. And this this is not easy. If it was easy, everyone would do it. So keep trying. Stay patient. Things take time. And, you know, being positive is, is part of the game. Love it. Love it. Because if you believe in it yourself, you know there's people out there that want this. And you just have to figure out how to find them. There's got to be a way. So, Chris, what's next for you personally? And what is next for MindRight? So for me personally, um, it's it's about that balance. I've got four kids at home. Uh, it's about supporting them and showing up as as a good dad and and husband for my for my wife and my kids. Um, so we've got some trips planned for the summer. We're gonna we're gonna do a big Italy trip, which is we're very excited about. God willing. And then for mine, right? Um, it's it's product innovation. We've got some really cool, exciting new products coming. Um, we're, we're deep into uh, the innovation cycle, um, understanding where we can take these ingredients and, and how they show up in our daily lives. And we are very, very excited about it. Awesome. Well, I'm excited for you, Chris. I'm excited for what's next for MindRight and the mission that you guys are going after. So, you know, the, the community here is excited to, to follow along your journey. And so for those that want to stay in touch, what is the best way to keep up with with Chris Bernard and, and with mine right Yeah, follow you can follow me on Instagram CS Bernie uh, or at get mine right at get underscore mine right. Um, that's probably the best way to follow us. Amazing. There you have it. Well thank you for being with us today, Chris. My pleasure, Ramon. Thank you. <laughs>